You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. We are presented by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Love all of you. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. I think most of you know that. Played for five teams over the course of seven years. Really cool temp job in my 20s. Including, by the way, 22 years ago, starting on Thanksgiving. I know, no, no, 21 years ago, 2002, starting on Thanksgiving against the Washington, at the time, Redskins for the Dallas Cowboys. One of the top five coolest games, best wins, I guess, in my entire 18 years of playing football. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. So whatever you're on, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, we're there. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. We love those of you that engage with us on social media in any way. And obviously those of you that listen to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast know you can actually win stuff if you engage with us on social media or if you take advantage of any of our awesome, awesome sponsors. The star of this show is Joe Dolan. Huge fan of Joe, have been for a long time. And honestly, like, yes, his fantasy analysis is really good. I love the data. Like, he has, he blows my mind away every week with at least three to five stats. And it's the delivery. It's the personality that Joe brings to the table that I have an affinity for. Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. Of course, he's one of the owners over at FantasyPoints.com where you can use that code 23FEAST to get a discount. Uh, Joe, we're going to be feasting on a bunch of games. Let's just dive right into it with the Thanksgiving Day games. We'll start with the Packers and the Lions. Yeah, Ross, first and foremost, I'm throwing stuff around here. For let me, uh, I made a face while you were introducing me, and the only reason I made that face was not because you said something about me. It's because I just got my Thanksgiving Day uh, squares. I'm in a Thanksgiving Day squares pool, and I got 9-9 nine, nine for one of them, which is the worst square you can have. So I'm not very happy about that. Um, anyway, uh, let's get let's get into the Packers and the Lions. So this is going to be a fascinating game, um, and... What's notable is how much the Lions have been running the ball and how well they've been running the ball. They've been absolutely mauling teams in the run game. They're averaging over two and a half yards per carry per attempt over the last five weeks. It's by far the highest of any team in Week 12. The the Lions' offensive line has opened over two yards per carry in each of their last four games, which happen to be their four best games of the season. They are mauling teams on the ground. Now, Green Bay's run defense has actually been pretty good, but this is a defense that did give up 183 non-scramble rush yards to the Steelers two weeks ago and also gave up, uh, you might have seen that it went viral. 
It was an explosive run to Austin Eckler last week, and it looked like he was carrying a refrigerator on his back. So the Green Bay run defense, I think, can be had. Devondre Campbell is questionable to play with a stinger. You've got to like David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs if you're playing the Thanksgiving Day slate with the Lions seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home in this game. Ooh, okay. What about the other side with the Packers? Joe, they're all rookies. Like, you're watching them. It's like every guy catching a pass, it seems like, is a rookie. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, one of those rookies, um, Luke Musgrave, the tight end, suffered a lacerated kidney last week. Uh, I don't think they realized it until after the game. So if you're looking for a cheap DFS tight end, Tucker Craft, the rookie out of uh, South Dakota State, um, which is where Dallas Goddard went to school, is also is somebody who is viable. Uh, Christian Watson scored last week, but it really hasn't been happening for him. The two best receivers on this team, like in terms of yardage recently, have been the rookies, as you mentioned, Ross, Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks. Uh, also keep in mind, Aaron Jones is not going to play in this game. So if you want somebody who's going to get 20 carries and run directly into his offensive lineman, A.J. Dillon is your guy this week. <laughs> And he might fall into the end zone. So there, there you go. <laughs> how about uh, how about the Commanders at the Cowboys? Um, this is an interesting game because Sam Howell is a lunatic in all the good and bad ways. Like I've talked about Sam Howell, and then of course I'm guessing Trevor Lawrence was tuning into the podcast because he had his best fantasy day of the week last last year. Meanwhile, Sam Howell looked like a bowling ball. Like you ever go to a kid's birthday party? Uh, where they have the bu- where they have the bumpers up in the bowling yeah. alley. That's what Sam Howell looked like on his touchdown run. You know, going back and forth. Um, ended up getting, I think, checked for a concussion and came back into the game. But this game could be fun because the Commanders are eleven point underdogs, which means they're 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 a throw first team anyway. But it means they're really going to have to throw it here. Um, Terry McLaurin had a great matchup last week, but flopped because Sam Howell didn't play very well. Um, But the good news is Terry McLaurin has seven or more targets in seven of his last eight games. So I certainly think he's going to get targets in this game. Um, Brian Robinson uh, got nine targets last week, got a season high in snaps. But Antonio Gibson is questionable to play in this game with a toe injury. So uh, if he plays, Brian Robinson's outlook goes down just a little bit. But I feel like Sam Howell could... Um, could put up some points here just because of the nature of his game. He could also get sacked eight times and throw three picks. That's what Sam Howell does. So I think the Dallas defense will be pretty popular on the DFS slate. What about the Dallas offense? So first and foremost, Tony Pollard finally scored last week. He got in the end zone. They're 11-point favorites. So you would think that he's going to be able to get it done again here. From a fantasy points perspective, the Commanders have allowed a league-high 7.6 fantasy points per game over expectation uh, per schedule-adjusted metrics. Most of that in the passing game, and we know Tony Pollard can get it done there. But the Commanders' defense has completely collapsed over their last eight games. 20-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio for passers. Uh, nearly 300 passing yards per game, and they traded away their two best pass rushers. Dak and CeeDee Lamb should go nuts in this game. The nightcap, Joe, should be a good one. It's the Niners at the Seahawks. A little bit of uh, injury concerns in Seattle. Yeah, so I don't think Ken Walker's going to play with his oblique injury. Um, Pete Carroll said it was fairly significant, so I don't think he's going to go. Um, But you mentioned it, Ross. Of the game on the Thanksgiving slate, 
this is the one that's most evenly matched. And that's from both the fantasy points data perspective, the numbers that I dig into, and the point spread, because this is a six and a half point spread. So there's no like truly close, close game on, on the slate, but it does have the narrowest point spread on the slate. And the point spread to me suggests that Geno Smith is going to play. Uh, this game, this would probably be up and over 10 if it was a Drew Locke start. So I think Geno Smith is going to play. And if there is a matchup for the Seahawks to exploit, I think it's their wide receivers against these corners. Over the last five weeks, the 49ers have surrendered 5.5 schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game over expectation to opposing outside wide receivers. That is the fourth most on the entire Week 12 slate. Uh, Shreverius Ward has been exploitable. Their best co- their best corner, Diameter Lenore, they've moved him inside in nickel packages. And I think they'll want to get the 49ers into nickel packages and get Ambry Thomas, who gave up a touchdown to Mike Evans last week. So I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who is questionable with a hamstring, but he made it through last week. I think they'll want to get those guys out there. And I think Geno Smith is going to play, and I think they can have some success. Yes, Zach Charbonnet should be a bell cow this week, uh, but unfortunately, his next four matchups are brutal. He's got two against the 49ers, one against the Cowboys, and one against the Eagles. Nonetheless, uh, he should be getting uh, carries this week uh, for the Seattle Seahawks if you need him. What about when the Niners have the ball? The Niners are phenomenal because last week... Brock Purdy, first and foremost, Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating last week. Brock Purdy in that game against, uh, uh, I forget who they played last week. Um, In Brock Purdy last week, he threw 26 passes. Threw 26 passes um, against the, against the, uh, what what am I blank? Against the Buccaneers. I was thinking of the Jaguars because they played in the last, they played in the week before. They threw 25 passes against the Buccaneers. 20. Four of them were directed to either Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, or or Christian McCaffrey. The only other throw in that game was one, an incomplete throw to Jawan Jennings. That's why I like the 49ers. And look, I understand when you have all those guys, typically one guy is going to flop. That was Debo Samuel last week, but you can't sit any of them. You can't sit George Kittle. You can't sit Brandon Ayuk, obviously, and you sure as hell can't sit Christian McCaffrey. You can't sit Brock Purdy at this point. Um, You just got to play all these guys because they keep it condensed. They throw the ball to their good players, and it worked. For me for this week, Joe, my stud, I'm going with McCaffrey. I mean, I know he's really, really expensive, but I think mm-hmm. he's worth it, and I think he usually produces, usually gets in the paint. And, you know, you don't know which one of those guys will flop. To your point, it's usually not McCaffrey. Like, it's usually it's one McCaffrey. of the Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. And then for my value, Purdy at $6,100, I think Purdy's just this good. I, I think he's just this good. And I think we need to start to accept that a little bit more than we have so far. Before we get to the Dolphins and the Jets, Joe, I want to make sure that with all these events coming up this weekend, I mean, there's Thanksgiving games, there's Black Friday games. I'll be doing, Joe, Iowa at Nebraska on CBS Friday. I'm sure it's sold out, but you know what? Maybe you can get tickets on the Game Time app. The only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. So you can see the view from your seat before you buy, you know exactly what you're getting. 
all in prices right from the start. You buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. I am borderline obsessed with this app. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code F-E-A-S-T for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk Black Friday, Joe, and let's talk Dolphins against your guy, Tim Boyle, and the New York Jets. <laughs> um, yeah, Tim Boyle, who has, uh, my guy Scott Barrett pointed this out, 12 touchdowns to 26 interceptions in college. In college. Three to nine in the NFL. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be any better than Zach Wilson. And I wonder if Trevor Simeon at some point is going to be uh, put in the game. Look, Tim Boyle isn't likely to be helped by Brees Hall in the run game, as the Jets haven't run for more than 60 non-scramble yards since week five. They have precisely zero explosive runs in that span, um, which is a run of 15 or more yards. The only touchdown Brees Hall scored on the ground, he's been very good in the passing game, the only touchdown he scored since week five on the ground was when the Eagles let him score. So this run game has been a disaster because the offensive line has been a disaster. Mekhi Becton, uh, according to Robert Sala, is pushing to play, but he's got an ankle injury, got carted off last week. Dwayne Brown is no guarantee to be back this week from his shoulder injury. It took the Jets way too long to decide to bench Zach Wilson. I don't know how any player on that Jets roster could sit down in front of their television sets on Sunday night and watch a competitive Josh Dobbs knowing that he could have been had for a song and they're wasting prime years of that defense. This team has collapsed written all over it right now. I want no parts of the Jets' offense. Dolphins' offense? Uh, the Dolphins' offense, I want all the parts of it. Unfortunately, this is a bad matchup because now the Jets, they had some give-up moments last week against um, the Bills. And, and I think you can see the effort on the 81-yard Khalil Shakir touchdown was not the greatest. But here is how you can beat Tua Tungavailoa. Tua Tonga-Vailoa is second in the NFL in adjusted net yards per attempt, which is a catch-all factor that takes into account turnovers and sacks and all that stuff, behind only Brock Purdy, your guy Brock Purdy. Um, However, his adjusted net yards per attempt in the two games in which he's been pressured above expectation were two of his three worst games of the season, against Philly and against Buffalo, games in which he's combined for two touchdowns and two interceptions. His adjusted net yards per attempt in that game, uh, the Philly game, would have ranked behind Desmond Ritter for the season. The Jets can get after Tua Tonga-Vailoa. With, uh, they have a couple of injuries up front. Their starting guards, Robert Jones and Robert Hunt, are both banged up. So if the Jets are going to ugly this game up and potentially make it competitive, it will be on the shoulders of Quinn and Williams and the boys. This is not a great matchup for the Dolphins. Um, 
Uh, Michael Carter, the slot corner, is probably out for the Jets, which is good news for Tyreek Hill. Uh, and we also have to keep an, our eye on Devon Achan, who was limited in practice. So we'll see if he is able to get in uh, uh, some practice here and maybe get back on the field on Friday after that disappointing showing uh, after just two touches on Sunday. Joe, let's talk about the Saints at the Falcons. Uh, Derek Carr still in concussion protocol, so we obviously have have that to worry about. And then the Falcons are going back to Desmond Ritter. Um, the, the, an old adage about deck chairs um, comes to mind here, but Desmond Ritter was better than H.B. Heineke. So I guess if you – Desmond Ritter, maybe he'll target Drake London more. Hooray. Um, uh, Arthur Smith, maybe he, maybe he looked in a mirror over the bye – and decided, hey, I have good players. Maybe I should use them. It at least started in Week Ten when they gave Bijan Robinson his biggest workload of the season. Of course, they also lost that game to the Cardinals. So maybe we're going to go back to seeing Tyler Algier pull an AJ Dillon and run directly into his offensive lineman. Uh, but they needed that. They, they they couldn't stick with Heineke. It was bad. Um, this is a team that has an unbelievable engine and doesn't have anybody to drive it. It would be like if they put. It would be like if Red Bull put you behind the wheels of their Formula One car, Ross. Um, like it's a great car. It's the best car on the grid. But if if you don't have the right driver, it's going to crash out. And that's what this offense is right now. You got to play Bijan. I think you got to play London. Kyle Pitts actually got five targets, but he only caught three of them for thirty yards. It's uh, Atlanta is one of those teams I'm really sick of talking about. Quite frankly. Did you hit everything you needed to on the Saints, Joe? Well, uh, Derek Carr's in concussion protocol. Yeah, uh, I heard you say that part uh, of it. I'm not really sure it, it changes a whole lot if Jameis plays, except Jameis is just going to throw more interceptions, and he'll throw the ball down the field to Chris Olave more. One guy to keep an eye on. First and foremost, Rashid Shahid. If he's on your waiver wire, he was available in about half of Yahoo leagues. He should be on your roster because Michael Thomas is going on IR uh, with his knee injury. Also, for those of you in Dynasty Leagues, keep an eye on A.T. Perry, who ended up catching two passes for 38 yards and a touchdown in Week 10 after Michael Thomas went out with the knee injury. I wonder if they get him more snaps in the second half of the season. The Steelers made the move, Joe. We got a new coordinator, Matt Canada. Steelers without Canada in Cincinnati without Burrow. Yeah, uh, Matt Canada. Uh, is, is, is what I've been, is what I've been going with. Now, here's the thing though, Ross, I understand Steeler fans are rejoicing and I, I gotta be honest when I look at, you know, you look at the video last year that went semi-viral of Chris Boswell, like the kicker calling out Matt Canada, you know, Oh, it wasn't because of you that we won that game. Then you understand that this is probably a welcome move from in terms of the, the players as well. But am I going to really trust this offense with Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett, over his last four games, has thrown for fewer yards than C.J. Stroud did in his record-breaking game a few weeks ago. Now, yes, that was a record-breaking game by C.J. Stroud, but it shouldn't take an NFL quarterback four games to even – a fifth game to even get to those numbers. Kenny Pickett right now, to me, is a quarterback who does nothing well. He's inaccurate, and he doesn't have a strong arm. When I watched Kenny Pickett, he completed one pass beyond the first down sticks last week. One. And it was an inaccurate throw that George Pickens kind of had to contort his body to get. 
Is firing Matt Canada going to fix all of that? I'm not entirely sure. What I do know is they're going to stick to the run game with their new coordinator, and I wonder if they're going to give Jalen Warren a little more work. Now, Najee Harris has been one of the most openly critical players of Matt Canada, and it's not hard to read between the lines, so I still think they're going to have kind of a rotation in this backfield. But if I had to play one of these two backs in the backfield, it would be Jalen Warren. And if I have somebody like Deontay Johnson, maybe he's a wide receiver three, but a couple of weeks ago it looked like he was really going to break out, and he's caught three passes since. Bengals, Joe, with Browning? It's really hard for me to sit here and tell you what to expect of Jamar Chase, who caught two passes for 12 yards and a touchdown. But Jake Browning was not prepared. And and it's always tough to approximate what a guy's going to do when he's when he's actually prepared. I got somebody tweeting me yesterday, and they asked if I would trade Jamar Chase straight up for DJ Moore. And obviously, I've had my problems with, with Justin Fields on this podcast, but it's very clear that Justin Fields and DJ Moore have a rapport. And I said to the guy, I'm not sure I'd do it, but the fact that I'm thinking about it might be all you need to know. That was how I answered him. And maybe you just cut your losses and try to trade Chase. Maybe somebody trades for him thinking, what if Jake Browning is actually has some juice here? But Jake Browning wasn't a very good college quarterback, so I'm not expecting a ton. I think you have to play Chase. I think you have to play Joe Mixon because I think they're going to run the ball. But if you want to wait for T. Higgins, who's been injured, obviously, um, anybody else on this team, I don't blame you, especially in a tough matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat? Make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. That means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to your door. Joe, you know how I roll. You need something to wash it down. How about taking it to the next level with Labatt Blue Light? Delicious. Goes well with any food. It's, it's a good food pairing. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Jaguars, Texans, Joe. One of the best games on Sunday. It abs- It is one of the best games. And let's start with the Jaguars. I... Here is the, 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 the fact of the matter. I don't know if I mentioned this on last week's podcast, but I'm going to mention it now. Calvin Ridley, coming into week number 11, had averaged, near, had averaged more than double fantasy points per game in games in which Zay Jones played. Normally you think it's the opposite. Like, oh, a target's out, he's going to average more. No, 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 no. Zay Jones is the skeleton key for Calvin Ridley in the Jacksonville offense. He played in week 11 against the Titans. And even though he had just four catches for 20 yards, he unlocked Calvin Ridley, who had seven for 103 and two touchdowns on nine targets. What I think it is, Calvin Ridley plays the X when Zay Jones doesn't play. When Zay Jones plays, he plays the X. Ridley's able to move into the slot. He moves to the Z. He gets a free release off the line of scrimmage. And that is where his skills really shine. So if Zay Jones plays, and he's expected to, I know there's a potential legal situation, start Calvin Ridley. That's what you do for the Jaguars, and it helped Trevor Lawrence as well, who had his best fantasy performance of the entire season against the Titans. Texans? Where are we drafting Tank Dell next year? High. High, high. Um, The only thing you have against him right now is he's small. That's it. Eight for, like, I mean, he's, 
I want to say like he's CJ Stroud's version of Deshaun Jackson, but I feel like he's more polished early in his career. Deshaun Jackson ended up being an excellent receiver, but I think early in his career, he's more polished than Deshaun Jackson. He is a special player. Um, I think Dell and Collins, you've got to start. We'll keep an eye on the status of Noah Brown. And and Ross, Devin Singletary's fully taken over this backfield. 112 rushing yards. He's had back-to-back 100-yard performances. I cannot imagine that even if Damian Pierce is back, the Texans, who I think have a very sharp coaching staff, are going to go away from what's been working in that ground game. C.J. Stroud, three picks last week. Didn't matter. He's still through for 336 uh, in a victory over the Cardinals. I think this is just an offense that has, if you invested in this offense in the best ball market, you're winning all the money because nobody here was expensive and everybody here is at the top of their leaderboards, uh, respectively, for their positions. Let's get one more in here, Joe, in episode one of the show that's so nice we do it twice. It's the Bucks at the Colts. Okay, so the Buccaneers, here's what you do. You play Rashad White, you play Mike Evans, and you maybe play Chris Godwin. Um, Chris Godwin, seven targets last week, um, but his role has been kind of reduced. They had a tough matchup against the 49ers, but Rashad White's been getting it done in the receiving game. Um, you have to start him. There's no, There are very few fantasy teams out there that have two better running backs than Rashad White on them. And then the Colts coming off the bye? Yeah, the Colts, um, Gardner Minshew, like, he gives your guys a chance. And I know they, they scored just 10 points in that awful Germany game, but uh, Jonathan Taylor fully took over the backfield. He had 23 carries to one for Zach Moss in that game. So you start him, you start Michael Pittman, keep an eye on the status of Josh Downs. Uh, he might be healthy coming out of the bye and might be usable going forward. Bunch of big games to still get to in Episode 2, Joe, including... A juicy matchup between the Browns and the Broncos. Who would have thunk it? I'm excited about Chiefs, Raiders, Bills, Eagles, of course, and Chargers. They got to beat the Ravens. They got to find a way to be able to do that. He's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media, and we will be recording episode two now. Make sure you look for it and subscribe. I'm stuffed. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.